I think when we use the word following in the kind of society in which we live, we're much happier when it refers to animals. Following is something that sheep do after all. I mean, goodness, you know, you look at them, they just follow one another. Or ducks, perhaps, as the nice little ducklings get into the water and they swim after mummy and it's all sweet and tickety-boo and great. Comes to human beings, hey, we're going to make a way in the world for ourselves. We've got to strike out on our own. These are the, the phrases from our society that, that, that speak to us. Be a man, be a woman, be, make your own decisions, make your way in the world. And yet, if you excuse me as a Luddite, what are we doing with satellite navigation systems? I ask because I've never properly understood them. And I'm much more somebody that would fumble around um, and then after a lot of fumbling probably ask somebody, although I'm a man, I'll do that later on. Um, but yes, it's curious that we in, in enjoy sat-navs um, that, can, that can tell us where we're going. I don't know the name that you've got for yours. Um, in the first service we had an Emily. I don't know, what would you call your, your sat-nav? You, it's a woman's voice. I think men find that induces more. I don't know, attractive? I don't know quite why it's that, but there's some psychology there. Um, Jane, we've got a Jane. Any others? You confess to having a name for your sat-nav? Sorry? Thomasina. That sounds quite a strict one, actually, Marie. I'm kind of what, not quite sure what model or, or whatever that is. Um, and yet, these things sometimes, to make our life easier, and yet maybe they're indicative that life has got so complicated, and we move so much of the time, that we do need someone to help direct us. This, today we read of, this short passage in the Gospel, is Jesus first meeting with his disciples. It's the start of a wonderful friendship. <laughs> we know so much of the story. What would you call that first encounter? Looking, looking back now and thinking about them meeting Jesus and what they're letting themselves in for. Try and get into that initial kind of wonder, the intrigue, the questions, as John the Baptist introduces them to Jesus. Beginnings. Almost like, you know, it's almost like accident, the way it kind of like, oh, but Jesus was passing by. And he picked the first two that, he, that, that, that went by. Was it coincidental? Here we are at the start of John's Gospel. I wonder at the start of you coming to Camborne, if it was incidental. I wonder what you came for. New job, new house, all this stuff about this new community, this place we're talking about. Do you want to just maybe turn to the person next to you and just sort of say a little bit of your story as to what brought you here? Or maybe just sit and reflect back, because maybe that's for some of you a wee while ago now. What took you to start here in Camborne? Do you want to take that just for a minute? Just for a minute. Do you remember Camborne as a muddy field? Everyone used to wear their wellies, and uh, there was a strict etiquette that everyone had to, very strict. I mean, nowadays I'm not quite sure if it's a house can like you take your shoes off now, or upstairs, or not at all. Ours is not at all, but really in the early days it can like take your shoes off straight away. Basically because you had huge gubbins of mud all on your wellies, you know. It was just, you know, floating in a sea of mud, Camborne, those of us that were there a long time ago. 
Um, I wonder what your memories are, what brought you here. Starting points, journeys. Here we have John with introducing the disciples to Jesus. And they're John's disciples. That's one of the interesting things in John's gospel. John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus, who said to the folks there, think about the way you're living. It's not right, is it? He said it in quite stronger and starker terms than those. He said you need to wake up and not live like this anymore. And people went out to desert and said, that's right. I want to turn my life around and not live this anyway anymore. But that's as far as John went, because he said there's going to be someone that comes after me that deals with all this stuff that we've got in our lives that hinders us from being the people we want to be. And here we have it. In this encounter, he turns and says to the disciples, Behold the Lamb of God. And the men are filled with wonder. They're intrigued. And if you look at those just verses, try and imagine what it was like. I think they can like follow after Jesus in a slightly sheepish kind of fashion. And Jesus turns around and he looks at them and says, Well, what is it you want? little word want or seek is zeteo, which could be, what do you treasure? What's your heart's desire? Or even, what do you worship? Can you imagine Jesus turning? John's just announced, behold the Lamb of God. Looks fascinating, intriguing. Jesus turns and asks them a question, and then it becomes a bit Disney-like because they nudge each other and say, well, you go first. No, what we're going to say, I don't know. You're going to ask a question. I don't what, what, what? And the best they can come up with is, well, where are you staying tonight? And Jesus' reply is, is brilliant in its simplicity. He doesn't say, well, actually, do you want to know who I am? I've got this latest book. It's just coming out in Amazon. It proves all... You know, Dawkins wrong and who I am and whatever. There it goes. Or does he, does he say, look, I'll just do a miracle. Or look, do you notice the halo around my head? Do you not see how it's shining? He doesn't say that. He says a much riskier thing. He says, come and see. Come and spend the afternoon with me and a bit longer. Last year, we moved into this building and we had a great Sunday together, as we continue to do. But it was one of the, we were thinking last, yesterday with our church council about highlights for the year. But we reckoned that probably the best thing about last Sunday, last year, we moved into this building, we walked around it and we gave thanks to God for it, was that Steve Hewson got baptised. It wasn't just the bewilderment of someone went and chose to get baptized in November and it was freezing cold and he did it outside out the front and it was a huge bucket full of cold water. It was because we as a church, moving into such a building as this, that made a statement that we're not about buildings. This, we're about people. And God is about inviting people to journey with him, to come and see, come and journey with me. And I'm delighted that Steve has volunteered this morning a year later, to come and tell us something of the journey a year on, how things are. And so I'm going to ask Steve, he wants to come and just share a few thoughts with us now about that. Uh, I'll just read what I've written. Hopefully it will make some sense. I think it actually will make some more sense having done it this morning. But if you understand that before getting baptised, I was from a very non-religious background. So all these things to do with church were not in my 
growing up at all. And in fact, it was quite an anti-view of religion. It was something you caught if you weren't careful. So when I got uh, married to Maria, who was a Catholic, my mum was going, ooh, you're going to catch it soon. And every time she took me to Mass, which was rarely, it was like, oh, she's getting you. We knew it would happen. Uh, so I suppose it did, actually, in the end. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so a few weeks back, I actually asked Peter if I could say a few words to mark the anniversary of the baptism. And why, you might ask. And that was indeed the question I asked myself last night. It's like, why did I volunteer to do this? I had really no idea what it was I wanted to say. Um, and I was going to start by saying I had the urge to speak. But the more I thought about it, I realized that my journey to faith has been marked by a series of urges, which I eventually decided to follow. And it's very similar to the play we saw this morning. It's like, read the Bible. Well, I'm not so sure I'm busy. Is it any good? Or come to church. Oh, well, I might feel a bit awkward because they do all these strange things I don't understand. Or... Uh, why don't you get more involved with the house group? Well, I might look foolish because I don't know what I'm talking about. And the final one was, why don't you get baptised? Um, and I think if I'd been less indecisive, I would have got baptised in the summer, which might have been more preferable from a temperature point of view. <laughs> but, was, but eventually I decided to get baptised because I'd become quite active in terms of the house groups and come to church and really loving the Sunday morning worship and, and sort of the message of Christ. And I had planned almost to just hide the fact that I wasn't baptized, because no one really knew. But I kind of realized this was a fairly central aspect of the whole faith, so I decided to to go for it. And once I decided to to become baptized, I I wanted to do it very publicly, because I wanted to say I choose Christianity in a way which sort of got over these embarrassments and these feelings from the past. So we had it outside with a bucket, which Peter very skillfully managed to soak every single square of my clothes. I don't quite know how he managed to soak my inner leg, but there we go. It was all very wet. And the November wind chilled off very nicely. So it was very memorable for me. The cold remained for quite some time. Um, so the plan was to speak about my journey since last November. And as I said, I had no real ideas what to say. But as I wrote this last night, I realized the message I want to give is just simply to say thank you. It's worked for me. And it's, it's really that straightforward. And so rather than sort of thank individual people who I'd like to, because a few of you have been very, very involved in this, um, I'll just sort of say the sort of things that have changed for me in the last 10 months or so, and sort of the thanks are implicit in what I say. Um, so one of the main things that's changed since my baptism is that I feel, I feel somewhat unburdened. It's almost like a guilty secret's been aired. Uh, and I was saying you need to have my kind of background to understand what I mean by guilty secret, because for me, my family knowledge about the baptism is very important, and whilst I felt very comfortable with the church, I felt very awkward when my family came to visit. And so for me to publicly say I choose Christianity was a very great thing. And I was really delighted that actually my family really welcomed this move as a positive thing for me. And I sort of prayed that eventually they'll come to understand why I got baptised, because they, they just don't get it. But at least they're very welcoming of me. And that was one of my main fears. And looking back, I, I realised, why was I so held back about this? Um, also, the baptism felt like a fresh start, and since then, all sorts of things have fallen into place for me. It's, it's almost like worries about unimportant things have fallen aside. So for me, one of the miracles about Christianity is the, is the deep wisdom in the passages of the Bible, and it's wisdom that makes you know, nearly every sermon I hear feel really relevant for me that week. You know, maybe it's down to the skill of Peter and the ministry team, but the, the message is always relevant to me every week, no matter what I'm going through. Um, so I feel, in a sense, that I've got some purpose in life, which, which wasn't there before. It's a, it's a sort of a subtle thing, but it, there's a difference in my focus. You know, I work for a, a maths education charity who's trying to make maths better for people. And in many ways, it feels like an impossible job because going against all these bureaucrats is, is, a, is a challenging thing. But it, it feels like there's a purpose to doing it now, and my attitude's just shifted. 
So I'm working sort of as hard as ever, but I feel I'm working smarter and more purposefully. And for me, that's really very important. Um, and I guess I've realized with all my friends who are bankers and barristers and judges and whatnot that whether or not you're a winner largely depends on the sort of race you choose to enter. And sort of having that made, made a lot to me. Uh, so I think now I'm more attuned to the urges of the Holy Spirit and I've got much more faith and confidence that choosing the right path will, will have the right outcome for me, although I rarely see in advance what this is going to be. So the prime example is I, was, I made the almost mistake of playing the piano in public once. And since then, the music group asked me almost every week, please come and play with me. And I felt very uncomfortable because I'd never played in public before. And I certainly didn't know any hymns. But eventually on New Year's Day, I thought, actually, I, I need to do this. It was an urge I had to follow. So I said, sign me up. And it's transformed my life in a way, you know, I love it. Um, and for me, worship is so much more enriched by playing. But the pleasure I get back from adding to worship just shows that you reap what you sow. You know, you put something in, and it's very uncomfortable to take that step at first. But what you get back is paid back in many fold. And, you know, for the music group, I thank them from the bottom of my heart for that. It's really magnificent. Um, I've totally not sticked to script at all, really, never mind. <laughs> uh, so I kind of feel, what's the, I kind of feel internally, I've spent the last 10 months sort of decluttering my mind. It's like getting rid of all the loose branches and the dead weeds that keep cropping up and sort of getting refocused in a way which feels much more natural and much, uh, much better. And I, I said this gardening analogy before, but I feel like a plant that was put in the conservatory and then got scorched because it was too hot in there and then got stuck in the dark room. And that was too cold, so my, I froze. But then I went in the garden, it was too windy and my leaves blew off. And I feel I found just the right shady corner where I can sit and do my stuff in a way where I can put my roots down and have, it, have an impact and for me, having the, the faith to, to know where my place is has been really valuable to me. Um, so to conclude, I can't claim, obviously, to have any deep insights into Christian theology, but it is clear to me that if you love God and love your neighbor, you'll seek and you'll find. And as I mentioned, you reap in abundance what you sow. And My attitudes to religion have changed slowly over the last sort of seven or eight years or so, from sort of clinical scientific analysis to open-hearted embrace. So I guess I was like Richard Dawkins, although perhaps more polite. You know, all those years ago, and I'd say questions like, well, this line, explain this line to me. That doesn't make any sense to me, and there's no need for this. And it was interesting, last week I saw the uh, Root of All Evil program again, and I thought, God, I've traveled such a long way. You've missed the point so much about religion. It's like someone who listens to music only by analyzing the score. And sure, that's important, but that's not the point of music. And these sort of scientists, which I was one who was very rigid, they're looking in the wrong places. So seek in the right places and you will find is how the, the should go, potentially. Uh, <laughs> so, so it's amazing me anyway that the more open I've become to Christ, the more clear to me is the hand of God in nature and the world. And the more I, make, the more I try to live my life according to the teachings of Christ, um, you know, very poorly, of course, but the more it makes sense to me. And I really do feel as if my prayers are being slowly answered, although it's not really in any way that I would ever, ever have foreseen. You know, I can't really perceive myself in this position two years ago, and it's great that it's all happened. Uh, so that's it. I'm a very young member of the church, because I'm not even one year old yet. I will be in 50 days. Uh, and I'm really excited about what the future will hold and what discoveries I'll make about faith and my life and religion. So I'd like to thank all of you in Kenborn Church uh, for your influence on my journey, and I thank God for the gift of faith that I've been given. So thank you very much. Thank you.